This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Goon and Talk back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series straight after Arsenal have been frankly outplayed, outclassed and slightly embarrassed by the performances of a few in their first game of the Premier League season against Brentford in which they lost 2-0 to the Bees in a humbling and reality hitting uh, result. And um, just to start the show, it's probably worth saying that Kieran Tierney, Emil Smith Rowe, Sambi Lakonga, you know, you guys can genuinely hold your heads a little bit higher, um, actually quite significantly higher than, than the other players in that pitch. And Bakaya Saka when he came on as well, because beyond that, beyond them, it really genuinely was um, a very poor, poor performance. Um, and it's not, is it, is it surprising? No, it's, it's not really surprising. I mean, pre-season was bad. <laughs> pre-season was bad. Um, <laughs> there was nothing inspiring about any of the displays that we had. Um, people sometimes come to me and go, Tom, like you, we come to you for positivity. Tom, we come to listen to you to get kind of the, the positive spin on things. I don't necessarily think that you should look at TGT as coming to me and going, look, Tom, give me some positivity. We can talk about some positives you want. <laughs> there's, there's not many. We can try. Um, but frankly, it's not representative of how I feel. It's not representative of how I know most of you feel. Um, and it would just be, frankly, lying. Um, it would be Thomas frankly lying to you, um, to be real. So... Let, let's be honest about the situation. Look, it's not improving. It's one game. Like you, the old me, me a year ago might sit here and say, "Look, first game of the season. Like a lot can change. Like, whatever. I can't even come up with reasons to to try and defend it. It's ridiculous." 
Um, yeah, the positive is we didn't lose three nil, says Lostless, and we will get to plenty of your comments in a second. I just need to vent because I don't believe, and I am using this already ninety minute, ninety plus minutes after the uh, into a brand new season. I don't think. I don't think the club have the bottle to do what we know they may end up needing, if not already, to do. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't think they will. I In our piece of Football London today, in which me, Chris, uh, and some of the guys in the Arsenal team, Kaya, um, did our predictions, my hot take, as it's described in that piece, was that I don't think... No matter where Arsenal are, no matter what the form is, no matter their position in the table, no matter how bad things on the pitch get, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think the club have the bottle to get rid of him. I don't think it will happen. I just can't see it. I don't know if that's affected by a documentary that's going on at the same time. I just don't think they would do it. I think we could lose our opening three. Hell, I think we could lose our opening five games. I still don't think he'd go. I still think the club would back him. It just, there's no, like, okay, let's look, I can wax lyrical and wax about kind of non-truths or whatever you want to call it, or just use expletives or say things, just waffle, basically, like I'm doing right now. I could do that for an hour. Let's look at this from an analytical standpoint. Following Balogun, right, immediately what confused me was when he got taken off, I saw a list of tweets saying that he's not ready is that clearly he's not good enough yet. This was a premature Balogun. He's got a long way to go. I'm sorry. The kid didn't get a chance on the ball. We didn't create anything for him. By the time he came off, he'd had less touches of the ball than any other player on the pitch. And you might say, oh, well, he should have dropped deeper. He should have got himself into the... No, that's the main problem that we've had with our striker for so long is that they keep dropping too deep. They keep desperately trying to get involved with play. So that when we do get up the other end of the pitch and try to create something... They're not in the box because they've been dropping deep so much to try and get involved with the play. We should have the quality, and we do have the quality, of players like Saka, like Pepe, like Smith-Rowe, like Tierney, to build up the play. And I'm adding Lukonga into that because he really did help with our build-up play today when we were in possession with the guys that really did kind of be a bit more proactive. Like We have the guys that can build it up, but we, we just didn't create. The system is so... So it lacks any kind of dynamism. It lacks any kind of invention, imagination. It's it's an it's a boring Arsenal team. Let's call it what it is. It's boring. It's really boring. It's, <laughs> to watch Arsenal right now and to see the patterns of play, I, I see nothing. I see no patterns. I see no triangles. I don't see anything that really gives me kind of hope. Other than the the, the simple fact is, is, you know, if you're going into gaming to watch Arsenal. You're going to see Arsenal play the ball out to Granit Xhaka or Lukonga. They're then going to spread the play out to Kieran Tierney and he's going to try and whip it in the box. That's the main thing Arsenal do, is they get it to their left back and he whips the ball into the box. That's that's our number one move. And, and I'm sorry, but Tierney, whilst he gave a lot today, his deliveries needed to improve. But that's a real nitpick. That's a real nitpick of his game because besides that, he was the only one really trying. If his deliveries were better in the game, maybe we could have created something and maybe scored something more. But you can't put all of the responsibility onto Tierney and say, if his, if his deliveries were better, we'd win. 
because you've got to do more than just throw the ball into the box with Tierney. You've got, you've got to offer more than that. Smith-Rowe was really trying to make stuff happen. Some of the tricks and the, some of the flicks, some of the just the, the composure to take it around some of the Brentford players at times was really top class from Smith-Rowe. And I just felt so bad for those two to have to be on the losing team. I really did because they didn't deserve to be because their performances were were really committed and really they just kept fighting. And the kids kept fighting to the end. You have to say that. like They really put some of the experienced guys on the pitch of few there are to shame, genuinely. And it, I don't think it matters if we'd have had Lacazette. I don't think it matters if we'd have had Aubameyang because we just don't create anything for the striker. Martinelli, there was a there was a time where Martinelli really should have been in the box. But again, this system of having the main central striker dropping so deep means that when we create and actually do turn the ball over a little bit quicker, there's no one in there. And Martinelli wasn't in there for the chance that was created on the left-hand side. There was another chance where Martinelli could have set through Balogun into in behind in the first half. He didn't. I don't know. It's, it's probably more down to Martinelli's lack of vision in that moment than an actual system. But just that, the, the over-reliance on the wide areas is a real concern. It's a real big concern that we just seem to rely so much on trying to do things with width. And yet when we come through the, uh, the field centrally, it just doesn't do anything. It, it, we'd have nothing incisive about Smith-Rowe gunning for that line. No options to really pass through because they were blocked off well by the defence, sure. But the runs were poor and the system was poor and he had to take a shot that should, could have maybe been better. But And that's just the forward line. Defensively, that's something that we'd look to improve under Mikel Arteta. Now, I can sit here and I can say what I think of Ben White as a player, and I think that he's going to be a good signing for us in the long term. But it wasn't a great audition today. He made some significant mistakes. He was really caught flat-footed at times. And to let the ball bounce right in front of him for the second goal is really amateurish. It, it is, fact of matter. Like, it is an amateurish move to allow the ball to bounce in the box. Leno, I, I, I really didn't really blame him too much for the first goal because it was a great strike near post. You, the obvious response is to say, keeper should never let anything in there near post. It was a great shot, and I give credit to Canyos for that strike. But beyond that, I can't defend Leno in any way. Distribution, awful. The way he managed the box, terrible. Couldn't even get, a, couldn't even instruct his defenders to put a man between himself and the opposition player so he could actually get out and claim the ball from long crosses. Really poor. We're unprepared. We're not ready. We're not improving. And the season is looking already very bleak with Chelsea and Manchester City. I wasn't expecting anything from those games, to be honest, in regards to points. This was a must-win game at the start of the season, nine. But we're going to go in likely into our fourth game, bottom of the table, after no points picked up. And maybe even no goals. That's a genuine possibility that we could be bottom with three games gone, no goals scored and a significant amount conceded. It's realistic. That is what could happen. And then you get to a certain stage and I would make a decision. I know you guys would make a decision. I just don't think the club have the bottle to make a decision, frankly. We will wait and see if they do. Anyway, there's my 10-minute monologue. There's my 10-minute rant. Let's get through some of your thoughts and your feelings in the chat box and see how you're feeling because I'm sure that you can <laughs> you can emphasize with me and you've got the empathy to show that you're not happy about this either. Um, let's go. Uh, Tom says, uh, Tom, Brentford has been my championship team for years. It might be better for my... <laughs> yeah, better for your blood pressure to support the bees for a bit until things settle on the gunners' front. It hurts. Yeah, I... I... Man, usually I'll turn around and say, how dare you ever consider trying to support another team? But 
I have real empathy for you, mate. I really do. Manu says, mate, what the hell was that throw in? After that, almost another corner going in. There is zero communication between the goalkeeper and the back line. It just, it's just uncoached. It's just, it's really amateurish. It's just basic, basic Sunday league. Not even Sunday, school ground stuff. It's, it's stuff you get taught in PE lessons. Don't let it bounce. Talk to your defenders. Uh, it's it's really basic and none of that's going on. Really awful. Thracian says, why was Arteta smiling when talking about Laka and Aubameyang being out? It's like he was happy. Look, I, I don't know what's going on with Lacazette and Aubameyang both being ill at the same time. Sure, is it possible? Absolutely. Is it coincidental? Maybe. Is it weird? It's weird. Let's be real. It's weird. Stephen. Oh, by the way, how there's a couple of things before I go on to a few more of your comments that are very, very Arsenal-esque right now. One of our own midfielders, Lucas Torreira, whilst the game is going on, you may have seen this, nine o'clock tonight, tweeted saying what a lovely time he's having in Spain with some friends. Our own employed midfielder, while the game is going on, <laughs> is tweeting, enjoying his time in Spain. Honestly, how much of a joke can we become at times? It just really does go beyond. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And not beyond that, we had four right-backs in the squad today. Four. And I include Ainsley Maitland-Niles because he's played a significant amount there. We have one starting in Callum Chambers, who's arguably the least of those four right-backs because he's actually more of a centre-back, but has shown to be our best right-back at times. Bellerin was on the bench. Maitland-Niles was on the bench. Cedric is on the bench. We take Chambers off and we bring the backup left back on at right back. What? what? I mean, I can actually kind of make sense of it because actually Tavares might be better than Bellerin, Cedric and Maitland-Niles at right back. But that in itself does really symbolise the comedy act that is Arsenal Football Club right now. It really does encapsulate it. And yes, Nambro, you can say he can play right back. Sure, he can play right back. Jacker can play left back as he showed last season. And I say can very loosely. But he's not a right, he's not a right back, is he? <laughs> he's not a right back. He is a left back. And it would make a bit of semblance of sense if he was the only option on the bench. But there were three natural right backs on the bench. It didn't matter in the grand scheme of the game or in terms of affecting the result. It was just it was just comical that that is what happened. That, that, that is what is comical about that situation. Uh, let's go to the real Yanis. Thank you so much for the super chat, mate. Really appreciate it. it. Says, I actually felt we would lose with that starting 11. Need three upgrades to the starting lineup, and Arteta needs to realize his 11 isn't good enough to implement what he wants. If you can get it out of a team, we don't even know. Look, I, I, I kind of go back and forth with this kind of line of thought to say that Arteta is trying to do something. I don't quite know what. He doesn't seem to have the players to do what he wants to do. Is it right of him to try and push through with that that style when he doesn't have the players? Part of my mind goes, well, the alternative is kicking long from the back, which is a really kind of 50-50 kind of play. And I'm not sure that we have the players to deal with that kind of system either. But whatever he's trying to do is not working and it's not changing and it's not changing in game and it's not very fluid either. So there you go. Uh, Mark says, it's my worst nightmare, but if Arteta stays, I can see us going down. Maybe that's the only way we can get rid of the Cronkies. I know it's only one game, but I just see no game plan. He's out of his depth. Um, uh, Fouad says, uh, Xhaka wanted to leave. We were willing to let him go. And tonight he's our captain. It says it all really, mate. And my answer to that would be, it's, like, it's not surprising Jack as captain, really, is it? 
Like it is, it's a talking point that he was willing to go, happy to go, saying how much he liked Rome, and uh, and he's given the captain's armband. I don't really look at anyone else, Bartini, as a genuine kind of vocal leader in that pitch right now. Like Ben White's unproven, maybe he could be a captain one day. Lukonga led with his performance, as did, as did Smith Rowe, as did Saka when he came on, but they're not. I don't look at them as very big vocal characters to me. Chambers, no. Marine, no. Jacare has leadership qualities, but it's just he was the only one that made any kind of semblance of sense in the regards to just on paper being a captain. But that goes to show what is lacking in this team. It really, really does. Um, some bloke says if we need to replace Arteta, we might need to go for the caretaker route. I'm seriously beginning to think that the best move would be bringing Wenger temporarily. Paul says we were hardly using the middle of the pitch. Emil Smith Rowe being asked as an overlap on the right instead of staying in the middle where he can affect the game. And this is another thing I thought. Now, I actually may have been wrong in my assessment that Emil Smith Rowe was guilty of maybe skewing too far right or left during his play. I would much rather the number 10 stayed more disciplined, filled that hole behind the striker so that the striker wasn't effectively naturally being forced to drop into that position. But it does ever so slightly to me, and I think, Paul, you raise a good point, it's, for me anyway, definitely raising this kind of idea that it's a coach's theory. It's a coach's move to instruct uh, Emil Smith-Rowe to unoccupied, deoccupied, remove himself from that central number 10 role and overlap or overload with the wide areas. And that, right, I understand the idea. I understand the idea of creating overloads in wide areas, sure. But when that means that you then have nothing in the middle, your striker naturally drops in to fill that space. And then when we actually create something in the final third, there's nothing to be seen. There's no opportunity to give the ball to the striker because he's not in the right place at the right time. And it's a really flawed way of playing. And it just looks to be the only idea that we've got. And that's a big problem. Suhaim says, the problem with Arteta is that he brought in Marie, trusted Chambers and Xhaka, kept Bellerin and Elneny, the players he chooses and trusts is the issue and we do have still have a lot of deadwood i mean the fact that reese nelson came on today like no disrespect to reese he's a talented young kid i don't think arsenal is his level i think that he needs to go to a crystal palace maybe a championship side i don't see a i was about to say a top four club then um but you know what i mean a team that wants to be in the top four the fact that Reese Nelson is coming on for Arsenal in 2021-22 season in the first game off the bench, no matter that we've got a few injuries, I just think that in itself is indicative of and really kind of does show how lacking in depth this team is for quality. It really is lacking. And uh, man, we could have done with a Joe Willock in the middle corner. <laughs> let's, let's not. Let's not do that. Uh, PJT says, how bad will it look if Arsenal again go reactionary in the market? Many times we've seen Arsenal either panic buy or rush transfers after a disastrous result. Why can't we be more prepared? I have nothing. I have nothing, PJ. I can't. I can't give you an answer. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why we aren't more prepared. Because I can sit here and do forty odd tactical breakdowns, tens of different players suggested in different positions that are gettable. Say who we can get. Look at the money that's available and that's been spent, and say, look, why didn't we move for these guys? Why didn't we improve the team? And it's always, always going to come back to the coach. Still, 
I I am getting to that stage where I don't think it matters if we bring in a Madison, an Erdogan, a, a whoever, a Bruno Gimaraes in midfield, an Abraham, a Martinez, whoever. I don't think it matters who comes in at this stage because until we start showing some idea and invention and something different to what we are showing, what's going to change in terms of results? What's going to change in regards to what we're seeing on the pitch, no matter who is pulling on the red and white shirt or the lightning bolts as it was today? I just don't see what's changing. And I do feel like we're a bit going around in circles at the moment because I don't know what's going to change. Oliver Young says, two goals and two shots on target when both could have been ruled out. Considering the available lineup, are we overreacting with what is still a terrible loss? Oliver, I appreciate you trying to you know, balance the argument. It is definitely important that you try to do that. And it's a fair point. Look, they had two good, I was going to say good shots. They had two clear opportunities to score and they took both of them. Arsenal didn't create anything bar, you would say, the Balogun chance, which I don't think is a penalty. I don't think there's enough of that for it to be a penalty, to be honest. And I'd be really done in if Arsenal were given a penalty against them for something similar. You had the Pepe chance, which was David Reyes saved in the last few seconds. But by that point, the game's gone. Uh, and we had Smith Rowe's shot after really driving through the middle of the pitch. Well, we really didn't create anything in in big moments. And once again, it felt like there was a point in the game, I think about 16, 17 minutes in, Arsenal had 70% of the possession. And we'd done nothing with it. Like We'd had created nothing of, of real kind of, you know, of, of opportunity. Martinelli really... I love Martinelli and I think he's got a great future ahead of him and I think he's really talented. But there is something I think a little bit lacking in his kind of, in his, in the footballing brain kind of sense. I don't know if he, and to be fair, there is certainly an element of the coaching side of things with Martinelli. Uh, I don't think he knows what his role is. I don't think that was very clear to him what his role was today and how he was supposed to be playing under Arteta. I don't think that was made clearly enough to him because I think he was very, very, he didn't look very kind of, uh, what's the right word? Not committed. He didn't look very directed in the way that he was playing. Uh, it was very erratic, the way that Martinelli played. So and I think that is more of a coaching thing than necessarily him as a player. Uh, Josh says, how nervous did Leno look playing out? And it's, again, I can't get over this, this the distribution from the goalkeeper. You've had all summer to sign a goalkeeper. All summer. It is slow, like it is, and I and I've talked about kind of the, the psychological reason as to why Arsenal fans, including myself, sometimes perceive the transfer window and the way that we move for players to be slow because we're so eager to learn new information. We're on it every single day. We're constantly refreshing our transfer screens, trying to find out the latest information, and that does certainly make you feel like things are being extended and going on longer. But the problem is is the reality of the fact is that now when we sit here on the 13th of August after the first game of the season, having lost 2-0 against a promoted team, that to me is saying that we've had plenty of time to sort out the fact that we go into this game with Carl Hine as our backup goalkeeper. That is a massive red flag. And frankly, if this was a make-or-break summer for Edu, already it's a failure. Uh, it's a failure because we've not prepped ahead of an important game where three points, if you remember, we didn't, we missed out on top four last season by four points, and that's not to the credit of Arteta, but we missed out on it by six points. Did I say four? Six points we missed out on top four last season. We've dropped three today. Those three points could be insanely important come the end of the season, say we change things around. And we could have got those three points had we prepared better. That's 
that's the problem. Uh, and it is, if, if we'd have won this game and then added players a little bit later on, mate, we probably would be talking about this very differently. Absolutely. Why wouldn't we? It's a very different context. But the fact of the matter is we lost. We lost through a lack of invention. We lost through a lack of creativity. We lost because of defensive mistakes, especially on our right-hand side. We lost also because the right-hand side looked very devoid of backup for Pepe. Chambers didn't offer anything. Did Chambers even cross the ball in the entire game? I'm, I'm struggling to think of a cross from Chambers. I might be wrong. I'm struggling to think of one. But if they're not looking at the right-back position now as a serious area where we need an imp- I mean, you look at PSG, right? And I know that they're on a completely different planet to us. But last season, they had Florenzi on loan. And in the, in the past, they've had some, you know, so-so right-backs. Ashraf Hakimi comes in scores on his first game because he was really proactive. Now, Hakimi is dreamland. Hakimi is like on a different level to what Arsenal should be targeting. But it's the point that they as a club have gone out and signed a right back that is taking them to that next level because their ambitions are to go and win the Champions League. Our ambitions are much lower than that. Our ambitions are just to get in the Champions League, not to win the Champions League. That is... I can't, I haven't got the words to describe what that is. Ask a Chelsea fan and they'll be able to describe it to you. But for me, we just want to be in the Champions League and we're not doing enough to put ourselves there at all. Like we're just not doing enough to give ourselves the best chance, which in any way is a massive long shot with United, with Liverpool, with Chelsea, with City, with Leicester, who are good. And I'm going to say that with Aston Villa, who look <laughs> like they've done some great business despite losing Jack Wilshere. Jack Wilshere, Jack Grealish, Jack Wilshere, <laughs> despite losing Jack Grealish. So it's, I, I wish I could sit here for those that do come to the channel and, and, and want to be bathed in some optimism, which I try and... in that's that's where we are is that i can't give you any i can't give you anything more than what i've said there i i I don't really i I can't go on much longer because it is getting to the it's getting to the point now where it's getting to the point now i've got nothing more to say and i don't think we will just be going around in circles anyway so that's what it is arsenal lose 2-0 against brentford uh we'll be back tomorrow morning for the uh 8am update show uh but other than that Enjoy what's left of your day. Have a fantastic weekend if I don't see you before that. Um, but yeah. <sighs> Have a pleasure, guys. I'll see you very, very soon. Drop a like on the video. Please subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.